it's going to be a good day. Won't you look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, there's joy in the house of the Lord. You can go ahead and grab your seat for just a moment, for just a moment. Y'all look real good this morning. And uh, I just want to say welcome. My name is Pastor Will. I'm the youth pastor here along with my wife, Lindsay. And uh, if you're a first-time guest with us or maybe you've been uh, watching a while online or maybe this is your first Sunday here with us in person, we just want to say welcome. Don't the first, can we welcome our guests this morning? So glad that you guys are here. And a few quick things we want you to be aware of is that you can grab the connect card from the pew in front of you. Please fill that out with as much information as you don't mind us having. Or you can take out your smart device. You can scan the QR code on the screen. Or you can text D1TEXT to 84576 and uh, fill that out. And just a brief reminder that if you have a connect card after service, following service, as you exit these doors, you can drop that connect card in the giving boxes or we would like for you, once you leave, as you exit to my, my uh, left, your right, or as you exit, it's going to be on the left, it's going to be a room that says guest reception. Somebody say guest reception. As you go out that way, uh, please uh, keep that connect card if you don't drop it in the giving boxes and take it in there. We have a special gift that we want to give you. We want you to meet our pastors, some of our leadership, and we just want to welcome you to Dothan First officially. So one more time, Dothan First, let's welcome our guests. Oh, man, I just love being here on Sunday mornings. Uh, just kind of an update this weekend. I got a chance to travel with Pastor Mark to a men's conference in uh, Island Church with Pastor Fred Franks. And I just want you to know our pastor preached a word that was uh, Friday night and Saturday morning. That was amazing. Can y'all give it up for our pastor? It was real good, Pastor Mark. Like, uh, he might have to preach it to the men here. But I, I, the reason I bring that up is because there was a level of excitement and energy in that room. And I think it's going to leak over in today. I'm excited that we today we get to end our time of fasting and prayer with a party tonight. Somebody say tonight. Uh, immediately uh, at 5 p.m., we're going to go ahead and start right here in the sanctuary. I want to encourage you to be here. All the things that you've been fasting about, praying for, it's going to be a time of celebration. I know some of you who've been doing water-only fast, you're ready to eat. So uh, it's going to be a great time of prayer and worship. So please come in come in tonight expectant at 5 p.m. Some other things we want to make you aware of is that in the lobby, we have our life group hosts. Uh, we would encourage you to please sign up for that uh, if you want to host a life group. We believe in life groups. We believe you grow in relationship, you grow in community. So if you've been, if that's been on your heart, even during this time of fasting and prayer, or maybe you feel like I'm, I'm ready to take that next step. I encourage you, please sign up to be a life group host. You can do a number of things. Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark always talks about being in a, a life group for golf. So we haven't seen one yet, but I think it's coming. I feel like it's coming. So uh, please, whatever you want. Also, um, after mentioning our night of worship, I just want to remind you, if you text D1TEX, there's a number of things that you see on there. Uh, I want to encourage you to sign up for Grow Track, Baptism, any of those things that you feel led to be a part of, Life Group hosts, but also for uh, Freedom Groups. Those are coming up, and we're going to get ready to play a video in just a moment, but I encourage you, please, 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 please sign up for these things because I believe God is getting ready to do something exciting here in 2023. If you believe that, say amen. Well, it's going to be a great day. Uh, follow us on social media. Even if you're in here right now, you can share the services. Uh, you know, follow us on Spotify, YouTube, all those things. Take notes today. It's going to be a great day. And uh, I just want to encourage everybody that uh, I do really believe that God is in the house this morning. Amen. Well, turn your attention to the screen and enjoy the rest of the service. 
Hey Dothan First family, we have something so incredible coming up. February 22nd, we are launching into freedom. That's right. Freedom Life Groups, which is designed to help you walk out your life victoriously and live an abundant life that Christ called you to. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. It is biblically based, and it's going to help you really connect to the personal connection you need to have with God, your creator, and who you're called to become. That's right. This small group will help you identify those obstacles that are keeping you from being intimate with Lord and growing in your walk with him. So join us as we jump into freedom. Freedom taught me how to let go and let God. It was great. The Freedom Group Bible Study helped me to surrender every part of my life while showing me the unconditional love of Christ. Freedom will dig up some of those dead spiritual rotting cancerous roots and prepare you for spiritual battle and victory like you would not believe. Freedom is just what it is, it's freedom. And I love this study because I get to do some deep work in myself and with others. Freedom showed me how important my thoughts and words are. His word is living and it changes me and makes me free. Freedom is the most life-changing study that I have ever done. Freedom taught me how to stop doing church and how to walk in a deep, authentic relationship with God. The Freedom Study allows us to take a look at some of the core beliefs that we have about God and ourselves. And that really gives us the opportunity to change everything. It was such a joy to experience the camaraderie of women who have found freedom in Jesus. Freedom Group made me want to read the Bible and know the living God more because of how much He loves me. Freedom led me to finding true peace over my past. This is something I have been searching for since I first said yes to Jesus. The Freedom Group will stir up purpose within you and empower you to walk out your God-given destiny. Amen. How many ready for freedom? It's going to be great. And more details are to come in February. It's going to be amazing. Well, I want to take a moment and again, just take time to say welcome to those that are joining with us for the first time. Those watching online, we're so glad that you're here. It is just going to be a powerful, powerful day today. And I, I also want to uh, just tell you of some of the results of last Sunday. Last Sunday, as you know, we had our Missions Emphasis Sunday, and it was a powerful day. Pastor Tom Green was with us, and uh, he's been doing ministry around the globe, preaching this good news for uh, about 50 years. But the thing that was absolutely shocking to me is I got a phone call uh, just a few days after he stood in this pulpit and preached a powerful message. Tom Green suddenly uh, went home to be with the Lord. Tom Green passed away this week and we got to hear his last message that he ever preached. I want you to know that was an honor to be able to hear that man preach his last message, to hear the passion in his heart for missions, and for us to be able to be the final recipients of some last words of a, a powerful man of God. 
And you know, that just, it shows us that life is a vapor, it's a mist, we don't know. He was in great health. I mean, the guy was healthy and strong and, and, and uh, running his race for the Lord. But he, he ran that last portion, he wrote that last chapter right here at Dothan First. And I know he would be so proud to be able to hear the results that uh, over $100,000 was pledged for this year for missions. Come on, can we just take a moment and thank God? I know he'd be so proud. And he's cheering us on from heaven today, saying you can do it. You can run your race just like he ran his for the glory of God. And it, it does, it, it breaks my heart. He was a dear friend going back a very long time. He served with my dad in many capacities throughout uh, his ministry. And so we had a, a lifelong connection with Tom. And so would you just consider praying for his family this week? His memorial service is gonna be in Oklahoma City uh, tomorrow at two o'clock. And uh, I just invite you and encourage you, uh, maybe even put it in your cell phone to pray for his family. It was a very sudden loss and uh, no signs that would have indicated that he was taking his last moments here on the earth. And so we wanna pray over he and his family during this time. And as we prepare to give, this is our offering time when we get to give and you see the different ways on the screen that we, we give unto the Lord. But I'm going to pray, I'm going to include his family in my missions prayer today, in my offering prayer. Because it, it was Tom Green and giving to missions was synonymous. It was like you couldn't mention his name without thinking about generosity for the kingdom of God around the world. And so I'm going to include him in this prayer today as we join together and believe God that he's going to give you, God's going to give you what you need to be able to give back to fulfill that faith promise. And I believe he's going to do above and beyond. God's going to, as you step out in faith, God's going to meet you there and exceed your expectations. Let's pray together. God, first and foremost, we thank you for the dear man of God, my dear friend that stood right here last Sunday and preached his last message. And God, how, how amazing that his last message would be about his life message, about giving and generosity and not being average, but going above and beyond. God, you haven't called us to be averaged, average or, or mediocre or second best. You called us to run our race with endurance. Now, God, I just speak a blessing over these, your people that are about to give, that as they heard that message last week, it would propel them in their giving. And Lord, thank you for doing exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask, think, or imagine. I pray that blessing would return back on each and every person in this house and those watching online. And now, Lord, I pray for Tom's family as they're dealing with this tragic loss and, and the homegoing celebration service tomorrow at 2. God, I pray for those that would gather in Oklahoma City that they would feel the presence of God undergirding them, his dear wife Pam and their children and grandchildren. Surround them and support them with your Holy Spirit's comfort. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. I just want to take another moment uh, to, 
to recognize that there may be some in this room, you may not have experienced tragic loss, but you may be going through something that's tragic today. Maybe the, the loss of, of a job or a difficult season in your life. Maybe you're walking through difficulty in your home. Maybe there's a, a, a rift between you and a family member, a spouse, your children. Maybe you're walking through difficulty with your health. Or, or maybe you're watching online and, and struggling in your health and just believing God. I want you to know your elders are praying for you. And the elders are available right now. They're going to make their way toward our various stations of prayer. We've got, they'll be stationed at the exit sign back here, the exit sign back there, and up in our balcony. Just ready to pray for you for whatever needs you might have. And friend, I want you to know there are miracles that are about to take place. We believe that when we pray, God hears us. And that as we function in faith, that God responds to that faith. So we're not praying in doubt or in fear. We're believing God in faith. And those elders, your elders, are there ready and waiting to pray with you and believe God with you for this moment of, of miracle in your life. Would you stand with us as we continue to worship God in song? And would you just slip out from where you're at and receive prayer right now? search the world but it couldn't fail me the man's empty praise and treasures of faith are never enough and you came along and you put me back
Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated and turn your attention to the screen. They talk about my past, my failures, my flaws. They talk about the competition, about willpower and determination. They talk about style, about class. They talk about the big moments, about the prize, about winning. They talk, but I run. to be runners today? Oh, three of you. Let's try it again. How many ready to be runners today? Amen. We're going to run the race with endurance. We're not going to give up. We're not going to back down. We're not going to shy away from the call of God that's been placed on our life to do what he's called us to do, to be who he's called us to be. And so if you're ready for the word of God, go ahead and grab your copy of God's word. Say this with me. Say, I am what God's word says I am. I can do what God's word said I can do. I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. Now just look at your neighbor and say, you look pretty good in 2023. You don't look so bad. You must have been going to the gym or something. I don't know. You heard about the uh, new gym that just opened up, new fitness center. I don't know if you heard about this right here in Dothan. Just opened up, new gymnasium, uh, you know, workout facility. And uh, the new gym actually uh, sends trainers right to your door, uh, unannounced and uninvited. Uh, it's called Jehovah's Fitness. Anyway, oh, that was good right there. Now, look, some of you get that tomorrow, but that was, that was pretty good. <laughs> That was pretty good right there. <laughs> Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 8. I think it was funnier to me than it was to anybody else, but I had a good time with it anyway. Oh, we're in this series called Believe For It, and we're going to talk about it's time to run. It's time to run. And of course, you can follow us on social media. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Those that are watching online live right now, we, we love you and we thank God for you. And I uh, just want to remind you that are in the building, uh, re-watch some of these videos. I can just tell you, I re-watched yes, uh, last Sunday's word from uh, Pastor Tom Green. You know, you listen through a different filter when you know that it's the last words of a person on, on this planet. Last words always become the best words. And uh, it was just incredible. But you can rewatch those things on Facebook or uh, on YouTube or on our website. It's really powerful. And you can also share it with others. You know, sometimes just sharing the word can mean all the, make all the difference and mean everything for eternity. So I just encourage you to do that if you haven't done that before. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's time in 2023 that we start cooperating with God's timing. God's time. 
Tom Green, none of us knew when we were listening to him last Sunday that this would be his last Sunday with us on this earth, but somehow, someway, it was God's timing. And, and I think there's a, a timing in everything. As a matter of fact, I've shared with you that uh, my dad taught me early on in life that uh, the success, true success, is the progressive achievement of God's goals in God's timing. But if you don't have the right goal, you can mess things up. If you don't have right timing, you can mess things up. It's success and timing. They often go together. And uh, many of you, how many of you watch some of the football playoffs, either the college bowl games or some of the playoffs in football? Some of you watched watchers. That's, that's great. But during, I, I want you to understand, in the playoffs or even in normal football games, a successful catch between a quarterback and a receiver requires incredible timing. You got to see the ball. You got to put your hands out and you got to catch the ball. But the quarterback is not throwing, think about this, is not throwing to a receiver. He's throwing to a place that the receiver will get to. Matter of fact, if, they, if the receiver runs the route wrong, say that 10 times fast, the quarterback could throw a perfect spiral to just the right spot that he's, the receiver's supposed to go. But if the receiver runs the wrong route, he ends up missing the catch, and of course, ends up losing the game. Can't have, if you don't have a catch, you don't, if you don't run the right route, you don't get the catch. And if you don't get the catch, you don't get the first down or the touchdown, and you don't win the game. Friends, I want you to understand, long, long, long ago, there are grandpas and grandmas and great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents and great-great-great-grandparents in your lineage that prayed prayers for you that you they they were throwing a long ball to you and and you maybe generationally you may be uh you know the third chair christian in in your experience with god maybe maybe you've got a, a lineage and a heritage of of christian faith but some of you maybe your first chair christians you're the the first one in your family lineage to follow god faithfully and and so you're the one that's holding the ball and about ready to throw the long bomb to your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids and all they have to do listen is to follow god and run the right route but if they, if they, listen, just one degree off, you know, and we think about one degree off isn't so bad. I mean, you know, I'm not as bad as my neighbor. I'm not as bad as my friend. I'm not as bad as the coworker that I work with. I mean, they do sinful stuff, but I, you know, I'm better than them. I, I'm not quite as bad as them, but listen, just one degree off in your faith is like a plane that takes off and they're one degree off. And they were suppo supposed to end up landing in Miami and they, they end up in the ocean. Because they were one degree off, and over time, it begins to take you further and further away from the pathway of God. The one thing I love about God in, in, in this spiritual GPS system is there's something in, this, in the GPS where if I miss a turn, it just says, rerouting. And God has a way of taking you back, redeeming the time. 
Those of you that, like me, have at times in my early journey of faith, teen years, went astray and kind of did my own thing and put priorities uh, above God and made other things idols in my life. Let me just tell you something, friends. If if you're like me in that zone and you've kind of run the wrong route a couple times, you've missed a few passes, you wish you would have had the touchdown, you wish you'd have a winning life, but you feel like you've missed it. Friend, if you're here today or online watching and listening, I want you to know... You haven't missed it. God will still bring you back. He's got grace to save and forgive and redeem the time. He knows how to bring you back. You haven't missed your chance. If you're still living, breathing in this place, if you still got breath in your lungs, God's still got a a catch ready. He's got something waiting on you. Bishop Paul Zink, who was the pastor many, many, many years ago. Most of you wouldn't even know who that is. But he was a pastor for a couple years here and is actually uh, the pastor at the time that transitioned the location in the purchase of this land, this property, before it actually was the booming. I mean, I think this is the greatest spot, one of the greatest visible spots in the whole city, but it sure wasn't that when they purchased this property. And... uh, Uh, Pastor Zink said to me when I received the call to be the pastor here, he said, man, I got to tell you, it feels like I threw a long pass so many years ago and God knew he was setting you up to just wait to dive for the catch. I believe that. And it's not just for me because I'm a pastor, a leader. God's called you to do things. And God's got some long passes waiting. And you've got to be the receiver that catches the ball. It's all about God's will in God's time. And you need to understand, if I could teach you anything in your walk of faith, I need to teach you about being in step or walking in step with the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit, the Spirit of God that lives inside of you, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. And so when when you're walking in the Spirit, you have to keep in step with the Spirit, which means you have to know His rhythm, know His timing. I'm a drummer uh, from going back to my earliest days, and I can just tell you, in a band, the, the drummer is the most important person. I just want to remind you guitarists and bass players, you singers that think you're out front of everybody, they have... Hey, we're so important, they have to put bulletproof glass. They got to put us behind bulletproof glass. That's what they put the Pope and presidents behind. That's how important we are. But if you're going to be a drummer, you better know something about timing or get off the stage, one. Right? You got to be in step with the Spirit. If the Spirit is saying, wait, then you need to wait. If the Spirit is saying walk, you need to walk. If the Spirit is saying run, you need to run. Walking in the Spirit means in step with the Spirit. And walking in faith is that you're, you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That where He says go, you go. Where He says stop, you stop. Where He says wait, you're patient. You don't get ahead of God. You don't get behind God. You are in step with the Spirit of the living God. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 6 says it like this, there is a right time, everybody say right time, and there's a right way, everybody say a right way, a right time and a right way to do everything. So you're cooperating in the rhythm of the Holy Spirit. Many times in the Bible, the Bible says that uh, God says he moved quickly, 
you, you see in the scriptures it says the word suddenly God did this or suddenly God did that or instantly God did this or instantly Jesus did this. And many times God moves quickly. As a matter of fact, did you know in the Bible it says a lot about running? Do you know that? In the Bible, it says a lot about running. Look at a few scriptures here, running the race. It doesn't say jog it, it says run it. Look at this, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. It says, not just a meander, a slow meander. It's talking about running hard, running fast in the faith. 1 Corinthians 9, 24, run in such a way to get the prize. So run fast to get the prize. It goes on in 1 Corinthians 9, 26, run with purpose in every step. Philippians 3.12, I run to what? To win. I don't run to lose. I'm not a loser. God didn't make me a loser. He made me a winner ahead and not the tail, above and not beneath. He made you to be a winner, not mediocre. But if you're going to run this race, if you're going to run with Christ, you better run fast. Get on your mark, get set, and now in 2023, you need to go. We've been leading up in this time of fasting and prayer. It's all been getting on your mark and getting set to run this race with effectiveness. Not to jog it, but to run it. As we kick off this new year, I want to help you answer the question. If you're going to run, what should you run to do this year? What do you need to run to do? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do for God? Let me give you a couple of them, just a few of them. It's not all of them. It's not the totality of them out there that you need to run toward. But I'm going to give you a couple of them where you need to pick up the pace, friend. Look at your neighbor and say, pick up the pace. Here it is. First of all, run to obey God. You got to run to obey God. You got to move fast when God says to do something. The Bible is filled with the instructions for your life. And the Bible commands us. And, and then when he commands us and instructs us, he expects us to obey. Obey, like Michelle and I used to say to our kids, obey right away. Right? Parents, if you ask your child to do a chore and they say, ah, I'll think about it. think about it they get that little duck face too when they do I'll think about it they get a couple little attitude with you you then sit and negotiate with the child oh I want to make sure that you're my child so I just want to crush his little his little will look man Look, I know I'm old school, but I'm going to give it to you straight. You young parents in this house, look, it is a whole lot easier to mold a sapling than it is to mold an oak tree. Let me tell you something. There is something about in, in a lot of new neighborhoods when they plant a tree, there's that little tree that grows up and it's so little that they put these two stakes on either side and they put these wires around and it's got this little coupling on either side and it pulls on both sides of the tree to keep it growing straight. And the problem is... Our generation is allowing the trees, these little saplings, these little children to grow crooked where all of the, the, the new uh, 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 philosophies and theologies are twisting them and turning them. In. And instead of correcting the problem, mom on one side and dad on the other, pulling that tree as tight as it can go to make it grow straight and tall and strong. The problem is we've allowed the root system to become corrupted and the trees are growing sideways 
ways, in which way, this way. Let me tell you something. This word will give you the strength and the, the power to be able to grow straight and tall and strong and effective and to be fruitful for the kingdom of God. Mm. Delayed obedience is disobedience, is what we tell our kids. And the same is true with God. And the problem is that we want our kids to submit to us. We just don't want to submit to God. See, the problem is they haven't learned submission by your mentoring. They, they learn it by you hollering at them and screaming at them and telling them what to do all the time. But they just don't see you submitting. We, we look in this culture and we see that somehow submission is a dirty word. Like, God forbid that we'd, we'd ever use the word submission. But the Bible talks about submission all the time. Submitting to authority and understanding the submission process is that we submit unto God. Look, if you're working a job and your boss is a knucklehead, you're not working for the knucklehead. You're working for God. That's why you're working and, and you submit. In families, we're not teaching submission to God's plan and purpose. And so the, the problem is they see you unsubmitted to God and his word and his will and his plan and his purpose. God's put out promises, but and you want the promise. You just don't want to walk in the process to get the promise. There's a lot of if-then statements in the Bible. If you do this, then God will do this. But friends, if you don't want to do what God's called you to do and be who God's called you to be, how can you expect to walk in the blessing of God to get you where you're supposed to be in the process? Mark chapter 1 verse 17 says it like this. Jesus said to them, talking about Andrew and Simon, some of his first disciples. He says, Jesus said, come and follow me. Three words. So Simon and Andrew kept fishing till they caught a few more fish, made a little bit more money for their family, kept their career alive just a little bit longer, bought a few extra boats, expanded their business to the place that they felt comfortable enough to retire, and then decided that they would come follow Jesus. Is that what it says? <laughs> Jesus said to them, three words, come follow me. And so Simon and Andrew immediately, everybody say immediately left their nets and followed him. Do you realize what they were doing? They were walking away from their careers. They had a fishing business. That was their livelihood. And the Bible says they did it immediately, that fast. And God is asking us to do the same thing, to run, to obey God immediately. Psalm 119.60 says it like this, without delay, I hurry to obey your commands. And I know hurry leads to worry. They, they, you know, I get that we're, there's this idea that if you're in a hurry all the time, it could be a bad thing. But in this case, when it comes to obedience, hurry is a godly quality. Running quick, running fast to do what God's asked. We got to start doing it. So here's my question as we start this new year. What has God told you to do that you still haven't done? I'm not telling you what he's told you to do. I'm asking you, what has, he asked, what has he asked of you? What has he told you to do that you haven't done in 2022 or 21 or 20 or 19 or 18 or whenever it was that he told you to do it? Delayed obedience is disobedience. Has he told you to be baptized? Then do it. Let's do it. Let's get on it. Has he asked you to spend time with him every day? Then do it. 
Has he called you to stop robbing him and give of the 10% that is his because it represents the whole? It's a promise. Can I just tell you? Do it. What are you waiting on? Has he asked you to invite a friend or a coworker? I, I don't know what God specifically said to you, but listen, in 2023, it's time to obey and just do it. Do what God's asked you to do. What are you waiting on? We got to obey God when he tells us to do something. Number two, we need to run to serve God. Serve God, right? When, when God comes to us, and oftentimes in our desperation, we make a vow to him, we promise him something. Let me tell you something. When we don't do it right away, we often neglect it and forget it. But a delayed promise becomes an unfulfilled promise. The Bible says to serve God in this way, Ecclesiastes 5, 4. When you make a promise to God, look at this. Keep it as quickly as possible. And then it says some really weird words after that. He has no use for a fool. What's the, what's the implication there? You, you make a promise to God and you don't fulfill it, that, that obligation, whatever that is, you're being foolish. He says, do what you promised to do. What did you, what did you, uh, what did you promise to God or what did you say to God that you would serve him in what capacity Right, whether it was to share your faith or to read through the Bible or to serve in an area of ministry or to host a life group or to become part of a life group or the faith promise cards that we held in our hands. And for those of you that weren't here last Sunday, uh, again, you can watch it online, but, but uh, we filled out our faith promise card for the year, believing God for things to come that we would be able to give to see missions around the world to build God's kingdom. And if you didn't turn that in, you can still turn it in. It's not too late. There's still missionaries that need our help. But there's almost nothing God won't do for that person that keeps their promise to serve him. So we need to run to serve him, to keep our promise, to finish our course, to finish the goal, to fulfill the vow, to complete the commitment. Number three, we run from temptation. So we talked about a couple things we run to. Now I'm going to talk about what we should run from. We need to run from temptation. When you feel tempted to do something, and there's going to be a lot of temptations you'll face this year. All of us face temptation. Jesus himself faced it. So temptation is not a sin. It's giving in that's a sin, okay? We're going to face temptations, all kinds of them, and I'm going to give you a couple of things, preventative tactics and emergency tactics. The pre preventative ones are to keep you from the temptation and giving in, and the emergency tactic is the one to, when you're in the moment, what you should do. The emergency tactic is pretty easy. It's pretty simplistic. Look, don't argue with the devil <laughs> when he puts that temptation in front of you. Don't sit there and debate it and argue and then let your conscience in, in there and you just start debating the devil. Let me tell you something. The devil has been debating for a long time and he knows how to twist God's word. That's what he did in the garden with Adam and Eve. He just twisted God's word. And so let me tell you something. When, if you're in the middle of a temptation, do not just sit there and try to argue your way out. It's not going to work. The Bible says the key to overcoming temptation is you don't just fight it, you flee from it. It's not just to resist it, it's to run from it. Don't argue, just get out of the building, right? If you're watching something on TV and all of a sudden it's causing you to lust or be angry or uh, have prejudice in your heart, turn the channel or turn it off. 
You don't just need to resist it. You got to run from it. Don't just fight it. Flee from it. First Timothy chapter six, verse 11 says, run away from all evil things. That means move fast, man. Put on your running shorts, put on your best tennis shoes and run as fast as you can. Don't casually walk away from temptation. And here's the preventative tactic, okay? That's the emergency one. Here's the preventative one to keep you from it. If you're struggling with an addiction of some kind, right, the preventative tactic is just, like, don't get around it. (laughs) Don't go places that you know it's going to be. You got to stay away. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 says, run away from sexual sin. So in other words, that's one of the many sins that people fall into, right? It says, don't go slow. Don't meander out. I'll hang out a while and think about it and see if I think I'm going to run. No, run. You don't want to get stung by the bees? (laughs) Run from the hive. Come on, somebody. I know you want that honey, and that's a double meaning right there if I've ever thought of one. That was pretty good. That was off the top of my head. That wasn't bad. I was thinking about real honey. Y'all were thinking something else, but stay away from, well, the other honey. I'll I'll stay with my honey right here, but (laughs) oh, come on. We're adults in this room now. Come on. Stop acting like you don't know. Adjust your halo like you don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, man. It's going to be a long afternoon, I'm just saying. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14. Look at this one. It says, run away from the worship of idols. You say, I don't got no idols in my house. I don't have, you know, graven images or statues or whatever. Look, what do you idolize? Do you idolize money, fame, success, fortune, your favorite sports team, social media, Stone figures and wooden statues may be long gone in today's culture, but I'm going to tell you our idols are in our pockets, in our purses, in our wallets, on our cell phones, and in our driveways. Anything you put before God is an idol, number four. You need to run to forgive others. It's 2023, friends. One of my dear friends just stood in this pulpit, healthy, strong, and well, and days later, he was gone. Friends, you don't have time to hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness. You don't have time any longer. You got to get things right while they're alive. Look, I've I've been at too many funerals, officiating funerals where people are, are, are crying at the grave for the wrong reason. I understand crying at the grave because you miss that person on this side of heaven. They may be in heaven with Jesus and you're crying about that. Or or maybe the lost uh, loved one that, that you miss so deeply and dearly. But I've had a lot of folks grieving at the graveside of those that they let unforgiveness and bitterness get in between them. And they, they can't get it right. I'm not saying you can't get it right with God. I'm just talking about, look, do you know that mental health experts say that you need to get this right even for unspiritual reasons? I'm talking about for mental and physical reasons. You weren't meant to carry bitterness. You weren't meant to carry those shameful things. It's like drinking poison and it's going to eat you alive. Resentment and guilt, all of that. Look at how important Jesus said this was. Matthew 5. Verse 23 and 24 says, if you enter your place of worship and you're about to make an offering. So this is a pretty, I would consider this a very religious, traditional moment. You're trying to do right by God. You're in the house of God, according to this. You're worshiping God. Songs are going on. You're praising God. 
You're excited about Jesus. You're maybe in the middle of an offering to give to the Lord. And it says this, you, you suddenly remember a grudge that a friend has against you. Abandon your offering. Leave immediately. Go to that friend. Make things right. Then and only then come back and work things out with God. You can't even use worship as, to God as an excuse to keep you in your bitterness. Don't procrastinate in giving forgiveness. Who do you need to reconcile with in 2023? You know who it is. You're thinking about them right now. God's going to put them on your heart today. And you better do something about it. Because you don't know how much time you've got. God says do something now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. Do it immediately. Number five, run to do good. The Bible says this uh, over and over in Scripture. Whenever you have the opportunity to do something good, you need to do it. Don't delay. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Do it immediately. And um, I want to tell you, God's going to give you some tests along the way. 365 days out of this year, God's going to give you a test probably every single day because he's going to put you in contact with someone in need. In need in some way, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, financially. He's going to send people your way that have a need, and he's going to watch and see if you're willing to help meet that need. Or if you're going to be too busy in the day to help. If you're going to be too busy in the day to encourage, to bless, to pray for, to give to, whatever it might be. Proverbs chapter 3 Verse 27 says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it while it's in your power to help them. This is like the Nike verse of the Bible. Just do it. <laughs> right? Don't wait around. Just do it. Just put your hands to help. We all make excuses and the favorite excuses. Well, when things settle down, when I get enough money, when uh, life starts to settle down, when, when, when everything's just right. Let me tell you something. It's never going to happen. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4 says it like this. If you wait for the perfect conditions, everybody say perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. If you wait for those perfect conditions, you'll never accomplish anything. You wait for the perfect condition to get married or have a family, it ain't going to happen. You wait for the perfect condition to start giving or start tithing or, or reading your Bible or getting involved in a ministry or whatever it is. It's that those perfect conditions do not exist. It's a sacrifice of praise to step out in faith and do something God's asking you to do because we don't have any guarantee of tomorrow. I want to show you a video that was done uh, a while back, but it's near and dear to my heart now more than it ever has been because it was Tom Green, one of Tom Green's favorite videos. He didn't play it last week. It's one of his favorites. And he found out about this young lady in a different city that was desiring to do something significant for God, but she didn't feel like she had much to give in the way of talent or resource. And she had what she considered an audacious number in her head. And some of the students here, man, I want you to know I'm so proud of our students. Last year, they pledged to give $50,000 to missions last year. And this year, uh, uh, this, this past year in 2022, they gave $78,682.35 for the kingdom of God. Come on, man. That's catching the vision. 
But I want you to watch this video and just ask yourself if, if, she, if this person can do it. Have, we, we get this one moment in time where God says, what can you do? What can you do? She's going to tell you about what she felt God called her to do. It's pretty audacious. Take a look. My heart just went crazy, and I tried not to fall out of my tree. And in that one moment, I knew that I had to make it count, and you just have to let it go. At camp last year in 2014, I kept getting a number when I prayed about Speed the Light, my goal, and just other things I was praying about, and I kept getting the number 734. And I began to raise money. Um, I hauled wood for my grandparents, and I did chores for my mom and dad. It got towards the end. It was near the date where we were supposed to turn in the money, and I, um, I needed exactly $230 to reach my goal. And my dad had made a deal with me that he would pay me a dollar per pound of deer that I killed. So, um, and I hunted in Ontario at our cabin for over three weeks. I was there. I prayed and prayed and prayed while I was sitting on the stand. And um, finally, I saw this huge monster buck coming through the woods and I pulled off a crazy shot. It was should have been completely impossible. I could have never done it by myself. So I know it was God who helped me do that. And um, I was so excited, I cried. <laughs> we found him, and we went back and we weighed him, and he was exactly 230 pounds. You can't just sit there and wait for something to happen. You have to meet God halfway. I can hunt. What can you do? <laughs> Come on, man. What can you do? God put something in your hands. What could you do to make a difference in this world? What could you do to reach out to the lost? What could you do to be generous? What could you do to make a difference? What could you do to obey God? Whatever it is, run to it. Don't wait, don't waste time. You don't have time to waste. You gotta run to do what God's calling you to do. John chapter nine, verse four says it like this. All of us must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent me, Jesus said. For there's little time left before the night falls and all the work comes to an end. Friends, you're not guaranteed tomorrow, neither am I, much less next week or next year. So whatever you intended to do for the Lord up to this point, it's time to step out in faith and do it now. What's God calling you to do right now? The most important thing that he's calling you to do is run to him. You need to run to Jesus for forgiveness. First of all, all of us need to run to Jesus for forgiveness. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's only by grace we've been saved, not by works, so none of us can boast. But today, whatever it is that has held you back from following God's plan and purpose for your life, 
Whatever it is that's uh, sidetracked you from his will and his word, can I just tell you, there's not that much time. The Bible says even this time on earth, is, it's a mist, it's a vapor, it's, it's short. And what are you going to do with the time that you've been given? Because you will be held responsible for what you do. For to whom much is given, much is required. You've been given much. We live in the greatest nation in the world, and I would say it like this. You may not like everything that happens around here, but you travel with me to some of these mission fields with third world countries where there's no clean drinking water and there's hardly a meal to be had in a given day, let alone a given week. Where they have a, a, a very, so, so little, they, have, they, they don't have outfits. They, they barely have clothes to put on. And friends, today, if you have the potential of a meal today, you're more blessed than the majority of our world. And I want you to know to whom much is given, much is required. He's calling us in 2023 to do what God's called us to do all along, to just obey. And if this is your first time maybe making a willful commitment to say yes to Jesus Christ, I want you to know you're in good company. I'm not here to judge you. It's just my, my heart to invite you into relationship with your creator, the one who can truly give you freedom and help you fulfill your purpose, the destiny with which what God created you for. For others of you, it may be a rededication prayer. Man, when I watch a video like that, I want to rededicate my life all over again to the call and the plan and the purpose of God to say, God, I am not my own. I've been bought with a price. I want to honor you with my life. And if that's you in this room, I'm so delighted for you to make a recommitment. You could be 50 years in ministry and still rededicate your life to the Lord, to his purpose and his calling. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Just between you and God, I want you to make some solemn dedications, some covenants between you and him that says, God, I need you, I trust you, I believe in you. And if that's you in this room, no matter what category I happen to have mentioned, giving your life to God is, yes, truly it is a sacrifice because it's saying that he's Lord of every area. And then we walk in obedience and submission to him. But let me tell you something. Some people have this misconception that serving God is like he puts you in a religious box with rules and rituals and regulations. No, Jesus said, I came to give you life and that to the full. I came to give you life and that more abundantly. Friend, he came to give you a full life. Let me tell you something. If you put your hands in the hand of God, you put your trust and your faith in God Almighty, let me tell you something. You will see miracles. You will see dreams and visions come to pass. Friend, you ain't seen nothing yet. If you will walk with God in obedience, he'll take you to places you never dreamed to go. Bigger and better than you ever could dream up on your own. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ever ask, think, or imagine. It's all locked up in the heart of God, waiting to be received by those who will walk in obedience to his plan. And if that's you in this room and you say, Mark, that's, that's me. I, I'm, I'm submitting myself back to him. If it's a first time decision or a rededication, whether you're in the building or watching online, I'm telling you today is your day in 2023 to say yes to God all over again. Come on, fall in love with your first love. It's time. It's time. 
if that's you in this room, would you do me a favor? Would you acknowledge that need to say yes to him? I want you to simply slip up your hand, acknowledge it by the raised hand. Mark, that's me. Come on, all over this place. Yes, God bless you. Hands are going up all over this house. Yeah, come on. You're just saying yes to him. You're not saying yes to me. You're saying yes to him. You're saying yes to the creator of the universe who loves you with an everlasting love. If it's a rededication, put up the hand. If it's a first-time dedication, put up the hand. You need your sins forgiven. You need to be washed and cleansed and freed and redeemed. But you need to be set on the pathway to take steps of faith. God bless you all over this house. So many hands lifted. You can put your hands down. I want to reveal to you something simplistic. It begins with conversation. You can't have a relationship with somebody you don't talk to. And this conversation is called prayer. And I'm going to invite all of you into this prayer moment right now. Matter of fact, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, it says right now, God is ready to welcome you. Today, he's ready to save you. And I'd be honored to help you step across that line of faith and say yes to Jesus right now. Would you say this with me out loud? Repeat this prayer, but say it to God. With all your heart, declare it with your mouth. Would you say this with me, everybody in the room? Jesus, say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you stand up and celebrate? Give God praise for the newest members, come on, of the household of faith. Come on, let's worship the King together. children of Israel, those children, they were literally uh, captives, 400 years enslaved in Egypt. And those Hebrew children heard from God and they stepped out in faith and they, they were met up with some problems, <laughs> met up with the water. It was right in front of them. 
but God knows how to part the Red Sea to get you across on the dry ground, but it takes you to take the steps of faith to believe God for the impossible. With man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible to them that believe, that put their faith and their hope and their confidence and their trust in Jesus Christ. So today I'm going to release you with a blessing. Before I do, I'm going to invite some of our leaders. You can head back toward our guest reception. And those that are our first-time guests will be so honored to meet you at our guest reception out the doors to the left. You'll see before you go out the doors, uh, you'll see a guest reception, a big old sign there. And uh, if you're a first-time guest or maybe you've never met our leadership team, we want to give you a gift for hanging out with us today, free gift. Just for stopping by, just take that Connect card, bring it back. We'd be honored to be able to give you that gift today. And for those of you who are going through hardship, I want you to know you're in good company, but don't give up. God's big. God is strong. God is faithful. And he's going to carry you the rest of the way. You ready to receive a blessing from God today? Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing on the job with your coworkers. I bless you to be a blessing in your home, in your neighborhoods. I bless you to be a blessing to your family, your spouse, your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids. I bless you to hand down a legacy of faith to the next generation, and I bless you to be a blessing to this city, this region, and this world. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray it all. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you tonight at 5 o'clock. We're going to worship and celebrate and praise. God bless you. You're dismissed.